Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. It is Friday. We are into the weekend. The beaches are open in Miami-Dade and Broward. On the way, going to have some of that good reggae music to get you feeling the vibes of the feel-good Friday and make you say irie. Also going to make you feel a little more irie. With the Joe Rose Show, they're going to be talking football and social justice with the Mike Florio man that knows all about football. They call him the Mike Florio man, the football man, the Florio man. That's just in a couple of minutes. Also, the Dan Lebetard Show, we get to know Ice Cube a little more intimately. Also, Hawk and Crowder. Well, Crowder's out. He and his wife had a baby, so Dono's in. But Crowder calls in to tell us the experience of having Lil Chaz. Plus, probably going to have some of those Huckman highlights Crowder crowd pleasers the week that was on the Hawk and Crowder show. Right now, here is the headlines that are on the Best of the Joe show. The NFL has committed $250 million over 10 years towards social justice initiatives. The season is scheduled to start in early September. The Dolphins have signed first-round USC O-lineman Austin Jackson, leaving just two unsigned from Miami's recent 11 draftees. 247sports.com has ranked the U's D-line number one in the nation. Season opens September 5th at Hard Rock Stadium against Temple. The Marlins made history making all six of their draft picks pitchers. Five played in college, while one is straight out of high school. The Heat have made it known that in the offseason, they will target both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Victor Oladipo. The season restart is July 31st in Orlando. Inter-Miami CF's pool has been released for the upcoming MLS is Back tournament in Orlando. Their first match will have them facing interstate rival Orlando SC July 8th. And now, after a long week, we've all earned it. Let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> A deadlocked Idaho election was recently decided by a coin flip. My country, tis of the sweet land of liberty. An Australian distillery had to recall bottles of gin that were accidentally filled with hand sanitizer. Man, drank a whole bottle of gin last night. Didn't get drunk, but it sure did clean me out. A tiger cub in Spain was recently abandoned by its mother because it had no pigment and was born with a white coat. Mama may not want the baby, but I know someone who does. Tiger King, anyone? A woman in New Orleans recently got a ride to the notary office through flooded streets 
by a guy in a canoe. Louisiana life. A Florida woman recently woke up to find an alligator in her backyard pool. Florida life. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy with temperatures around 80. We're feeling good on this Friday. Like I said, reggae music on the way. The guy that knows all about the reggae, Joe Rose. I don't know. He may or may not know anything about reggae, but I would like to hear and see Joe Rose getting down to some reggae music. Throw on some dreadlock wigs and dance around. That'd be good. Earlier today, though, he teamed up with Zach Krantz and Hollywood to talk to football connoisseur Mike Florio. Talking about NFL social justice, big voices speaking up. Will the owners do what they need to do? Also, will the NFL show kneeling and will it be a story? Is Cap back and Stidham better than Tua? It has been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Without Black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of Black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Mike, good morning. How are you? Roger got that in the uh, news dump on last Friday. We didn't get to ask you about it. Well, and look, I, you know, he was reacting to something that emerged on Thursday night, so it was going to be out on Friday anyway. You could argue maybe he should have held it until Monday, but I think at a time like this, the usual rules don't apply. The PR guidance goes out the window. It's about doing what you think you need to do when you need to do it, and the real question that has emerged for me in the week since then, what more is the going to do? Will the owners eventually speak? The longer the time goes by without owners chiming in on these issues, the more conspicuous it becomes. And I think we're already past the point at which some of the prominent voices should be out there saying the things that Goodell said and more. Hey, by the way, Mike, we were talking about this yesterday. I always think of the two big voices, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. Are are those one and two for you? Are are those the big voices of the 32 owners? Well, it's definitely Jerry Jones. And I mean, Robert Kraft from time to time is among them. I know John Mara, Art Rooney. I think would be in that group as well. When you think about the people who actually run the league, yeah, I, I, I think that Kraft and Jones and Mara and Rooney, I mean, there, there's a nucleus of guys, Clark Hunt maybe, especially since his team just won the Super Bowl. It's just amazing to me. And I don't want to be overly critical here, but I think we need to be realistic. We're hearing coaches with comments about, well, I support my players if they choose to kneel during the anthem. Look, I don't care what the coach says. I want to know what the owner says. I want to know whether or not this time around, the NFL's position is going to be like it was a few years ago. Well, you know, the way we drafted the document, it doesn't say you must stand. It says you should stand. And we really don't want to have to negotiate with the union about this and actually make a concession to get them to agree that all players will stand. So we'll just kind of reluctantly go along with this. But to the extent that we can coerce players into not kneeling or fitting or demonstrating during the anthem, advantage us. I want the owners to come out and say, 
say, we want every player to make a conscious decision about what he's going to do during the anthem, whether he stands, sits, kneels, or does something else. We want him to make a conscious decision. We encourage him to do it, and we support whatever decision he makes, and there will be no repercussions. There will be no benching. There will be no one cut. There will be no one denied a contract extension for what he chooses to do. That's what the owners need to do. And that video from last Thursday night that was so compelling that ultimately was produced by an NFL employee who went rogue. Get that same person. Write the script in coordination with the league office. Have every owner read the script and splice it together, just like the guy did with the the video from the players. That's the kind of thing that that has been lacking in this. Whether it's a few of the voices or all of the voices, none of the voices have come out and said, as it relates to the anthem, that that this is what needs to be done. And I just want to, you know, we we talk a lot about what the NFL is doing. I've got three action items that I'm waiting for. And the first action item is that the owners need to be the ones who make it clear that the players are encouraged to make a decision and they'll be supported whatever decision they make. Well, obviously kneeling is going to be a hot topic when it comes into next season, whether it's preseason or regular season. But I know that when the, when it all started after Kaepernick, a lot of the TV, uh, you didn't see it in the beginning. Like the TVs kind of just went past it and some showed it, some didn't, then they didn't show it, then they did show it. Uh, between NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN, is there going to be some collective kind of agreement between everyone to either show it or not? If enough players in every single game are going to be kneeling? It becomes a news story. And so therefore it commands the attention of the cameras and it ends up consuming real estate, whether it's at halftime, whether it's in a pregame show, whatever the case may be. Wouldn't it be great to get to the point where it's not a news story? Wouldn't it be great to the point to get to the point where it's not controversial anymore? Maybe that's what's different this time around. The voices who are shouting out against it, maybe they're not as loud. Maybe the NFL's attitude eventually will be, if you're going to huff and puff about not watching football because guys are peacefully protesting during the anthem in order to bring attention to social injustice, if you've got a problem with it, if you're going to huff and puff, go ahead, blow our house down. We don't care. We don't care. You know, say you're never going to watch football again. That's fine. Do whatever you want. We're not gonna we're not gonna cower to you anymore like we did in twenty seventeen. I think that, that initially it's a story because it's a story. It needs to be covered. Maybe in time it subsides. The battle lines are drawn. That was the one thing that really was clear as of last Friday night between Roger Goodell's video and Drew Brees pushing back against the president. That that fight is back in an election year where the yeah, president wow. very much needs a button that he can press over and over again to get the base riled up. This is easy. At a time when a lot of things are not going right for him, this is one thing that he can continue to pull out of his back pocket. Even if the percentage of people who will conflate a peaceful protest during the anthem with disrespect of the anthem, the flag, and the military, even if that pool is shrinking, they're still there. Mike, it's been three years. Do you think Colin Kaepernick gets a job this year in the NFL? Well, you know, I said earlier this week that what teams need to do is put his name back on the list of available free agents who will be called, who will get workouts, who will potentially have an opportunity to be put on a roster. Teams need to, on the first hand, not be afraid of the blowback for flirting with Colin Kaepernick, for giving him a workout, for signing pictures. Do so. On the other hand, they shouldn't be afraid of the reaction if they decide not to sign him, if they decide he's not good enough, and they cut him, and then you get you get a negative reaction from people who support Kaepernick. Just do the right thing. Just treat him like anybody else. I heard the words from Al Sharpton at the George Floyd funeral where he said Colin Kaepernick must be repaired. And that's when it hit me. 
then we're past the point of just saying, go ahead, Colin Kaepernick is on the list with all the other free agents, and we'll just see how it works out when quarterbacks get injured or backup things or guys get COVID-19. No. There needs to be an affirmative effort here to undo the damage that was done to Colin Kaepernick by giving him the cold shoulder for three years. And when you do bring him in for a workout, you need to judge him a little bit differently than you would judge somebody who's been in the NFL the past three years. When you put him on the roster and he's competing for a roster spot, you have to judge him a little bit differently because he's working his way back in. Now, my guess is when the Eagles had Mike Vick on their team after he was in prison for two years, they were a little bit easier in their evaluation of him early on because he's been out of football for two years. Well, he was out for two years for something he did. Kaepernick's out for three years for something the NFL did by collectively shunning him. And I think that I, and I, I have a feeling that the momentum pushing that way, as much as the NFL would like to keep its head low and its mouth shut and hope this moment passes without anyone having to sign Colin Kaepernick, I feel like it's moving in that direction. But when someone does give him a chance, I think there needs to be a different standard applied to him as part of this effort to repair the damage that was done by the 32 teams to Colin Kaepernick over the last three and a half years. Did Pete Carroll do that unsolicited when he talked about it on the conference call that somebody called him about Colin Kaepernick, or was he asked about Colin Kaepernick? Oh, he was asked about Colin Kaepernick. He spoke at length about Kaepernick, and he said it's just coincidental that someone called him today. And and we played the clip of it a couple of times during PFT Live this morning. Look, I... I'm always skeptical because I know coaches will say things to advance their strategic objectives. And I I think it's true. I think he did get that phone call from a team. Now, will that team call Colin Kaepernick or his agent? Will we get to that point? I don't know. Somebody at least is doing a little background now on Colin Kaepernick. And Pete Carroll said in the three years since we were the only team to bring him in for a visit, I'd never had anyone call me and ask me about Colin Kaepernick. So maybe the ball is rolling and maybe teams are are beginning to think that, you know, because I think there was this fear. And I think that's what the NFL was trying to do last year with that workout that went awry for reasons that both sides should be blamed for. I think the NFL was trying to make it clear to any team out there, it's okay. It's okay. You're not going to get in trouble if you sign this guy. We're not going to be mad at you. You're not going to be the pariah here. And maybe we're finally at the point where teams realize that there isn't going to be any type of, of repercussion, any type of dirty look, any type, you know, any type of bad vibes coming from other teams or from the league office if they do work out and eventually sign Colin Kaepernick. Hey, Mike, I wanted to ask you a, a football thing. Uh, your partner, Chris Sims, who who's really does a nice, nice job with his Tua comments and talking about Jared Stidham that he, he believes Stidham's a more talented guy. Like, I'm just curious. Stidham played a little bit, didn't get to play a lot. I know he had the pick six and, and had a sack in a little bit of time he played. What what has he seen that's so clear-cut, or do you think it's more about the fact that he's going into a Belichick system? You, you assume that I listen to Sims. You may be listening to him more carefully than I do. <laughs> I, I don't recall him being now on his rankings of the top 40 quarterbacks that did him higher than Tua, but not by a whole lot. I, I think that, that Chris's position on Stidham and Drew Locke falls into this category as well. There are guys who, because of that one extra year they play in college, because the team around them isn't as good, what happens is their draft stock falls for reasons unrelated to their abilities, and it happens. Chris is a firm believer if Jared Stidham had been in the draft a year earlier than when he was drafted, he'd have been a second or a first rounder. Drew Locke would have been a first rounder. The year before, you know, it was a new coaching staff, a new offense in Missouri for Drew Locke. The team wasn't very good, so he just slides down in the estimation of the scouts. And I think that's where he is on Stidham. He thinks Stidham is a lot better than round four would have suggested, and that he would have been drafted higher if he had come out earlier. And the system in New England. It's a system that has proven to work, and they believe in Stidham. They, they want to prove that 
that the system is bigger than any one player in this year when Tom Brady is trying to show in a roundabout way. I mean, part of the motivation here is to show that, that the Patriots screwed up by not keeping him. The Patriots are going to want to prove to everyone that they got it right by trusting the system and that Stidham is the better option. And, and look, for me, for me, I, hey, the, the big issue is, is health. And I really do worry about Tua. And when he had the hip injury last season, and I, I canvassed a bunch of general managers about what they think in light of his injury. One, one said to me, hey, this is three seasons, three lower body injuries for a guy who uses his feet at the quarterback position. That is alarming as to what his prospects are for staying healthy in the NFL. Well, Mike, I just want to say this. We've been looking for a quarterback for like 21 or 22 years to come down here. If New England can do it the year after Brady leaves, God bless them. <laughs> Yes, we've been a long, long time looking for something close to uh, to a Marino, and and if they can figure that Brady thing out that quickly, and it's a system, it'll be it'll be one of the great stories to watch this year in football, right? Oh, absolutely! It's gonna there's gonna be a, a you know constant comparison week in and week out. What what did Brady do today? What did the Patriots do today? And and yeah, it's been a long twenty years for the Dolphins since Dan Marino, and and it just shows you how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback, and, and why I think ultimately the Dolphins rolled the dice on to a Tonga Vailoa because the team needs a franchise quarterback. You either get him or you don't. And if you if you roll the dice and you're wrong, you're going to be in a position to try again sooner rather than later. So yeah, I still think they really wanted Joe Burrow. The one thing that I'm dying to eventually know is what the Dolphins would have given Cincinnati for the first overall pick in the draft and what Cincinnati eventually said no to. Maybe at some point down the road, someone will, will leak that out once we see how Burrow performs and how Tua performs. But I think Burrow was the first choice. And, and there are some people in the league who think that ultimately at the end of the day, Tua was an owner's pick because the owner desperately wants that franchise quarterback. Mike, I've tried for the last 20 years on, on bad decisions and, and decisions, and I can never get to the bottom. But I can get a lot of guys pointing the fingers at each other through the years. But I, I've never been able to get that straight one because that would be interesting to find out what Chris Greer and Stephen Ross and if Tom Garfinkel is in there what when they called and what they were willing to give up to – to get Joe Burrow, probably that's going to be one we never know. Somebody's going to take that to well, the grave, the Mike. Well, well, you know, but here's the thing: if let's say that Tua ends up being great, are, are the Dolphins then motivated to say, "Hey, hey, you know what? We this was well, this worked out well know. for us. Here's what we yeah. were going to give up to go get Burrow." You know, but here's the thing: and I talked to somebody about this a couple of weeks ago, and it really crystallized for me. The Bengals have taken the position that they were not going to give up that pick no matter what. That basically Joe Burrow is untouchable, like a Patrick Mahomes would be. And think of how asinine that is to make a guy who has never played in the NFL untouchable. We don't know what he's going to be. At at a certain point, you get offered enough for Joe Burrow, you have to say yes, because it is a crapshoot ultimately. We don't know that Joe Burrow is going to be great. And look at all the guys who would be untradeable right now in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, he was the 10th overall pick. Aaron Donald, he wasn't even in the top 10. Uh, Lamar Jackson was the last pick in round one. Those are the three guys right now that I would look at and say, you would not trade them for anything. And they weren't the first overall pick. So, I, you know, yeah. look, the, the thing is, if the Dolphins made the Bengals an offer they can't refuse, the real question is, are the Bengals smart enough to realize it was an offer they, they shouldn't have refused? And that's going to play out over time as well. It sets a high bar for Burrow because he oh, better yeah. be one of these top four or five guys in the league or people are going to say, maybe you should have taken the offer that Miami made. That'll give me a good chance if that works out and two is really good. I can I can throw in Cincinnati's face and make something up. Mike can go three ones and two twos or, or something <laughs> crazy. But I'm telling Lincoln you. Lincoln Road in South Beach. Yeah. But I'm yeah. telling you. 
whether it's you know if Burrow's great and 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 uh, you know if Burrow ends up being exactly what the Bengals think, that's when they get, they're going to have a motivation to say, "Here's what we turned down. Weren't we right for doing it?" You know what I mean? So time yeah. time may create may create an environment where either the Dolphins or the Bengals will be motivated to say, here's what that deal could have been. The thing I was going to ask you about is, are we are we going to see the Washington football team change their name at any time soon? Is that going to end up being such a thing in for Daniel Snyder and that franchise that they're going to have to end up making uh, the name change? Well, let me say this. If not now, when? If not yeah. in this moment in American history, right, right. when we are having an awakening as to the evils of racism of all forms. Two things did it for me this week. I, I revisited the issue again last night. We talked about it today on PFG Live. Number one, in Richmond, Virginia, where Washington has its training camp, protesters took down the Christopher Columbus statue. That is not an, a symbol of racism against black Americans. That is a symbol of the racism and the genocide of Native Americans that was sparked by the invasion of the Europeans 500 plus years ago. And then when Ron Rivera came out the other day, Ron Rivera, one of the four minority coaches in the NFL, and expressed strong support for the players who protest during the anthem, he said, I am the leader of this organization. I have long believed in the mantra that actions speak louder than words. Well, the action he can engage in right now is to walk into the office of Daniel Snyder and say, the name will change. The name must change. In this moment, the name is changing. He's got the power to do it. I challenge him to do it. And the one thing about this moment that is different from others. Now, it's not like a lot of people are are getting on this bandwagon with me to change the name because you get shouted down by fans of the team that, that don't see it as the dictionary defines slur that it is. I'm starting to hear from people behind the scenes, people of influence behind the scenes who may be in a position to start pushing some buttons on people to get them to come out and say. And you know what it's going to take? Players on that team need to come out and say it. If, if the coaches are going to do it, the players need to do it. And in this moment where we see the players taking over the sport, that's maybe who I need to challenge initially. It needs to come from the players on the organization who, like on Adrian Peterson, he's going to kneel during the anthem. Well, Adrian, why don't you stand up and say that, that the name of the team is a dictionary defined slur against Native Americans? And, and maybe, that's, maybe that's where the focus needs to be. But I feel like if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen now. And until it happens, the NFL will not be leading from ahead. The NFL will be leading from behind, as it often seems to do in moments like this. Mike, thank you, as always. 2020, hopefully the year that everything changed if you like the joe rose show weekdays 6 to 10 you can also download the podcast for that show this show or any of the shows you hear on this radio station wherever you get your podcast for free radio.com app our website wqam.com dan levitard reading the internet wrong just yep. uh, try, no! trying to be a part of the conversation and failing is that time uh... i was trying to help you out if you no one else was stugatz puts his foot in his mouth in just five minutes here on the best of the joe show plus some reggae This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, I am Dan Day on this feel-good Friday, so I'm trying to make you feel a little bit better going into the weekend with some good reggae music from Derek Laura with the Stamina All-Stars Reggae Ska. Oh yeah, that's what I'm doing this weekend. The beaches are open. It's going to be some good times. 
That's like a mini vacation right there, just listening to some good reggae ska from Derek Laura with the stamina all-stars. Feel Good Friday. If you like, let me know, at Dan Day Radio on a Twitter. Always got to like the Dan Levitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, they got to know Ice Cube just a little bit better, and then Stu Gotts had to pivot. One of the things that is enjoyable about watching uh, young people get informed or introduced to new information is I guess there's a whole generation of people who think that Ice Cube is just the family movie guy and don't realize that (laughs) what he's doing on Twitter right now lines up with where it is that he is socially as the guy who in his 20s at a dangerous time to be doing it in a dangerous area to be doing it was doing uh f the police as part of nwa and so what you see ice cube doing now on twitter is only shocking if you are someone who thinks of him as a guy who makes family comedy um because i I, one of the most amazing things of my lifetime look man i told you snoop dogg going mainstream after a murder trial was shocking enough but ice cube doing family movies and sort of being accepted by the establishment as family movie guy given where it is uh that he can you imagine how shocking it was i don't know is this late 80s or early 90s for a song uh, as luther campbell is taking his lyrics to the supreme court for a song to simply say from the west coast f the police it was a very shocking thing to have happened and it's something that ice cube was doing in his uh in his 20s so i i don't know is that what's happening there mike are people not familiar with his past when they're being shocked by Ice Cube having, uh, you know, some viewpoints that can be seen as extreme and um, and and uh, people are saying anti-Semitic in some cases. I don't uh, I don't know how to read into. Some we of bring that in stuff. Mike. I'll, I'll sit this one out. You just keep doing the Ice Cube thing that you've done for 15 years. And... You're going to sit that one out. I'm so bored by it. just doing family movies. I've just it's one of the go to's. Uh, but you correct me if I'm wrong. Is that what's happening there? That people don't understand what Ice Cube's views are? Things, I, uh, or is it the three-on-three inc- three league? I am increasingly feeling older and older. I, I just saw Anthony describe himself as thankfully not someone who grew up in the boy band era. So people are getting younger. I'm getting older. That's how this happens. But okay. you're worried there's a bunch of people out there going, hey, is that the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You got it wrong. I don't think Ice Cube is part of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine isn't a family movie. So I don't know what you're doing there. Well, Ice Cube is a part of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's been in a couple of episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But are you concerned that I like that's there's a generation of people who just don't know that, who Ice Cube is? That's not a movie. But, okay, never mind. We'll it's move a TV on. Show. Uh, nobody wanted to help me this segment. We will move on. Billy, you were saying, and I'm not dragging you into the things that we're talking about now, but I, yes, go ahead. Billy is shaking. Are you thinking of Terry Crews, Stugatz? No, I'm telling you, Ice Cube's been in a couple of episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Look yeah, I you're, don't think... you're telling me? Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, mm-hmm. I am. I can't wait for you to get to it. <laughs> he's He was a writer on one episode. I was in it. He's he's only credited as a writer. I haven't seen every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I'm trying to figure out what you were doing. 
Getting it wrong. Reading the internet wrong. Yep. Just uh, try, no! trying to be a part of the conversation and failing. Is that time? Uh, I was trying to help you out. I mean, no one else was. In here. <laughs> you're I mean, I'm going to pay a fine <laughs> for trying to help you. I mean. Uh, you're going to turn this into Brother Teresa, that this was an act of altruism. You were trying to help, and therefore you I, read the internet wrong in I, a way that made Ice Cube somebody who was starring in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is not a movie. Uh, yes, I felt badly. I felt like you were very alone. And I was trying to be there for you in a way that you never offer me. Stugatz, please, dear God, keep your help to yourself. We like to around here when we make mistakes or have an awful segment, double down and sink into the awful. And so I really do want to understand what happened in the last segment because a tweeter has written in, turns to Gotts' mic off. He's mistaken Ice Cube for Ice Tea and he's mistaken Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Law and Order. Stugatz has been dumpster fire garbage today. LOL. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Chris, do you have any theories for me on what happened uh, there? Do you have any at all? Well, I was kind of thinking he was going for 21 Jump Street because Ice Cube was in that movie. So that's kind of where I thought I just love his pivot, though, of I was trying to help. Well, I do it with no, my he, wife well, sometimes was, when she yeah. gets really mad at me. Yeah. I just tell her I was trying to help with whatever. And it usually works. Uh, he has so many pivots that during the break, I was getting engulfed with Dan. Ice Cube hasn't made family movies. Uh, you, you're getting it wrong. Like, Roy, what do you have here? I know exactly what happened. On his IMDb page, the first thing that pops up is soundtrack, not actor, right. not writer or producer. Yep. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine used a song of his. That he ah. Now, Roy's exactly right, but that's what you do when you're trying to friend, uh, trying to help a friend out. You do what you gotta do and you do it as quickly as possible. And sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. But I felt like you felt like you were alone and needed some help. And so I just well, wanted to be there it, for you. You know what? We'll get to that part of it in a second. Billy, do you have something here on this subject as we sink further and further into the suet? He, they used the song of his on one episode one time and they, he's credit as a writer on this i i still don't know what he did okay well he read the internet wrong i noticed there is no fine money up here he reached into his pocket aggressively to show that he was wrong but i noticed that there was no money actually taken out of his pocket and put up here my cash is dirty i mean i'm doing that for you i mean you know pandemic you know everyone's exchanging cash i don't want to put the cash too close to you so i'm keeping him in my pocket i mean i'm i'm keeping track trust me i think stugatz just traveled he moved his pivot foot to another pivot now he's like trying to blame us saying that i guess he's saying that we weren't helping dan so that's why he was trying to help dan like well, it's just, it's just we weren't helping dan uh well you specifically weren't helping me I mean, you threw anti-semitism on, in on. my lap yes and and what you did i had nothing there yes. to add and then on top of that you're like anti-semitism i'm like word i didn't even know about that nope and so what I do is I'm just hopeful that we keep talking it out and then Dan will reshift his anger back to Mike no, Ryan is, and that's this, where we've this, arrived. This is, uh, yes, this is uh, the thread that runs throughout the show. Dan feeling alone, everyone pinballing into each other, allegedly to help, unless someone gets surprised by the phrase anti-Semitism and then he lashes out at me by saying, I'm so tired of your Ice Cube family movies. for point. close to 20 years. He's doing family I movies. I know, but 
stop me. You can't but be surprised after he, 20 years. Here is where I would defend Stugatz, though, on trying to help me. He saw you slink under the I, desk on on exactly me going to I you, see. and he tried to help as quickly as possible by reading the internet wrong and making a, mo- a TV show, a movie, yeah. and making Ice Cube. Making I'm us the original all, sin. Making us I'm all. I'm the original <laughs> sin here. I'm not saying I helped. I probably made it worse, but at least I tried to help. You did I try mean, to help by uh, making us all think that you thought Ice Cube was Terry Crews. <laughs> it says a lot about what our standards are for you. Because that's what we all feared initially, which is just like, uh, but at least never that was a good there for time a to make that mistake. <laughs> but this is a really bad time to make that mistake. And I'm like, is it, it's got numbers in it and it's cops. Is he indeed confusing Brooklyn Nine-Nine for 21 Jump Street? Nope. Just Googled IMDb Ice Cube, went with the first thing. Well, 21 Jump Street, I saw it, but I questioned whether or not it was a family movie. Yeah, I needed a family movie. So you thought not that Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> you know, Mike Sure, I'm sure, is listening at this and flattered that you think that he, he's part of a movie. I got your back, Dan, unless you really need me. And then if I do help, I'll make a huge mistake. It's kind of how Hawk and Crowder do it, too. So obviously I stay in the line because, you know, a pseudo contraction. You're not going to miss out on the six pack for that. <laughs> you were having your own contraction. <laughs> I was scratching my neck for a beer. I couldn't, I couldn't leave the beer. Crowder gives us a baby birth check-in plus some reggae music and maybe some Hawkman highlights Crowder crowd pleasers. Loaded potato next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio, and it is a feel-good Friday, so some more Derek Lara with the Stamina All-Stars. One God! Speaking of feeling good, my man Channing Crowder. He and his wife Asia had baby Chaz and you got to feel good because Chan- Channing Crowder, not Chaz Crowder, checking in right now. All right. Here he is. Big Daddy, as I like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Channing Crowder. So tell us, first of all, congratulations. We're obviously thrilled that you and Asia welcomed your third child. So give us the, the whole story. Yesterday, uh, 4 a.m. is when he was uh, born. Yeah, well, actually, we went to the hospital Wednesday night. So I get out of the show. Well, we finished the show Wednesday. I have to go down because my wife's big in the house. Now I'm pregnant. I have to go down and, and uh, help her do some real estate stuff. So I have to go way to Coconut Grove. To, uh, you know, why does Crowder have a Why does Crowder have a terrible connection, Solana? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm probably in the hospital. Yeah. yeah well, where, where are you? You in the hospital room? Yeah, I try to go in my truck because there's no reception in the hospital. I try to go out to the truck, but I can't leave the campus because if you leave the campus, you can't go back to the baby. Well, you sound terrible. Are you on a Bluetooth or something? I mean, you sound no, hold on, let me see. Any better? Yeah, much better. In the show Wednesday, go to Coconut Grove to help my wife with a real estate project she's doing. So I'm coming back. I'm stopped to get beer like I do every time I leave anywhere. And I'm standing in line. <laughs> what a great dad she, uh... you are. What a great dad. <laughs> Hell, I didn't know he was going to come. I had to get some beer. My other kids are seven and eight. I'm waiting in line with my with my funky boot. And my spy. I know all my little spots that got my hop gun. And she calls me and she says, hey, I think I'm having contractions, but they're not strong. They could be like they have these pseudo contractions, like your body's getting ready for birth. You're like, you're not that strong, so no big deal. I'm like, okay. So obviously I stay in the line because, you know, <laughs> 
a pseudo contraction. You're not going to miss out on the six pack for that. <laughs> you were having your own contraction. <laughs> I was scratching my neck for a beer. I couldn't I couldn't leave the beer. So I get down, I get in the car, start heading back up 826. And then she calls me and she's like, yeah, my mucus plug fell out. Now, mm-hmm. I'm an expert at making babies. I know how to make a baby. I'm very good at it. I don't know about having babies. I, I, I can put a baby in someone. The mucus plug is like something that's in your cervix and it comes out before your water breaks. And my wife knows it. So she found she found it. I don't know. I can't get into it. She's like, yeah. So our doctor, Doctor uh, Renee Alexis, who's an amazing OBGYN, she she heads to our house. She her office is in Plantation. She lives like ten minutes away from us. So she's coming to the house to check age at the house. So not you know not to have a false alarm and come all the way to the hospital with all the COVID and all that stuff. She comes to the house, and I meet her at the house, and she's checking Asia, and our, our two older kids are still there, Channing and Ava. She's like, hey, while she's checking me, run over and drop them off to my drop the kids off to my mom. So I take her. Her mom lives in uh, Hollywood, so I'm going to Hollywood to drop the kids off to come back. As soon as I drop the kids off, she calls me, and it's, it's not the happy voice anymore. It's the... <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. So now I'm on Sterling. I'm going about 95 down Sterling. I got my plan to let the cops follow me home, and I'm going to explain to them what happens if they pull me over. So I drive all the way home, pick her up. We come over here to Broward General. It's now 1130 at night, 1145. So only thing opens is is the emergency room entrance. And you have the COVID distancing. All the moms have to have the COVID test. So I'm telling you, remember we had Chris Whittingham on, Hawk, and he said his eyes watered up and all when he had the COVID yes. test, it hurts all. Bro, I watched my wife get that big-ass uh, toothpick, whatever the big, big-ass toothpick swab shoved, that, shoved in her nose and pulled out, and she took it like a shot of whiskey. She just, <laughs> and shook her head and kept and then kept texting. Looked up, let him shove it in her nose, take it out, and she looked right back on her phone and started texting. So Because Don, Dono, oh. just by the way, Dono told us yesterday the story. He went and did it, and it was both nostrils, and he said he cried. Asia is much tougher than me, Channing. I couldn't take it. It was awful. I don't know. It, they pulled it out, and she just made a little grunt. She said, mm, and then started texting her sister. About four hours later, I saw a nine-pound baby come out of something very small, so she is fucking all of it. We, uh, we go get in the hospital. We go inside, and like I said, it, it, the, the hospital is on lock right now because the COVID, especially the maternity ward, because I had to get my temperature checked. They had the little temperature guns. The mother has to get the actual COVID test. The COVID test came back in like 20 minutes, which I feel like I've been lied to on in on the news because we got the COVID results back so fast. I don't know if it's because she's a expecting mother or whatever. Yeah, because they got so the lab did. right there. They put a put a uh, put a speed uh, thing on it. Yeah, it took we mine need, like we need, three days. Yeah, we need the results yeah, stat. That's what they talking about. Six weeks. We, I went to the bathroom and came back and she was negative. I was like, what? How, how is she negative already? Then we go in the room. We're in the room. We probably get in the room about one. Little Chaz gets born at 3.49 a.m. So, She's kind of, you know, she's doing the contractions and all for about, you know, going on four hours. He ends up coming out, and he is a crowder. As soon as he comes out, he poops all over the doctor and all over Asia. I'm the slot guys, the slime is still on him, blood and all that gushy, nasty crap still on him. He poops all over everybody in the room. So then they're like, oh, so they give him to the other nurse, the pediatric nurse. She takes him to the little the little uh, egg warmer and starts cleaning them off. So then she's like, hey, they have a little wrap on them. So then they're like, hey, Dad, you want to put on the first diaper? You know, oh, it's so cute. I cut, yeah, I did cut the cord. So they let me cut the cord, but it was poop wow. everywhere. So I, my stomach already hurt. So I cut the little cord and then they're like, hey, you want to put the first diaper on? No lie. I go, I pull the little sheet back. 
he pees all over my arm. I said, yep, this is my son. <laughs> Within the first two minutes of life, he poops on his mom and pees on his dad. I said, You know what you're in crazy. store for now. Good. He, nice. is, he, he is a crowder. So then, uh, yeah, she delivers them, and um, they have. It, it was a bunch of people having babies. I don't know, maybe I don't know. The night me and my wife were at the party, we were at. We made Chaz. Maybe other people were at the party, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the maternity ward was packed, so we had to stay in the delivery room for a little extra time. I was texting y'all, and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I'm arguing with people right now. I can't sit in this little surgery room. I need to go to one of the suites where I can enjoy and lay down. So didn't sleep all Wednesday night. Stayed up all day. Ended up sleeping about three hours last night. But uh, yeah, little Chaz is here. He. Uh, um, birthday is June 11th, 8 pounds, 9 ounces, 21 inches long. He's a big old baby Ooh, and healthy as a horse. Yeah, healthy as a horse. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So everybody's excited. You know, everybody's excited. And, um, yeah, have to That's check awesome. all the family and members. I text, I text all y'all when I was on the way to the hospital. Then I text y'all the next morning after he came. So, yeah, just got in touch with everybody. And I appreciate all the text, the tweeters out there and all y'all who individually text me and everybody out there that text me. Congratulations, man. I appreciate it. But I got to tell you quickly, I know I, I know we're against the clock. I broke down. I thought I would never, I wouldn't cry. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. This is my third kid. I thought I wouldn't cry. Listen to what the nurse did to me. Little Chaz is out. This is Thursday morning. So, you know, Wednesday night, he, we don't get, not, we don't, you know, he doesn't get settled till about six because now they have to clean him off. They have to take all his blood and do all the tests. So about 6, 7 a.m. Now the paternity, um, pediatric nurses start coming in more than my the OBGYNs because now my wife is okay, but now they worry about the baby. So she's laying there. I'm good. I haven't cried. Watched him come out. I held the leg. I watched all the, watched the little crowning where the head pops out first. It's disgusting, but I love it. Nothing cried, man. It's my son. It's Chaz. Okay, I love it. My second son. So he's laying down. She takes him to the table. He's laying down. Me and Asia are talking, and Asia's in. She's tired, but she's in a lot of pain, but she's in good spirits. You know, we're both, you know, happy. We had a, you know, we have our baby. She starts talking, so I start laughing. And as soon as I started laughing, the nurse looks over and she was like, oh, we have a dad. And I was like, yeah, I'm obviously the dad. She was like, no, 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 no. She's like, we have a dad. There's some fathers and there's some dads. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, when your son heard your laugh, he started looking around. She was like, you mu- like you're around because he knows your laugh from inside your wife's stomach. Fellas, I started, ow, my legs got weak. I started crying. I'm about to start crying right now. <laughs> so she dropped, she, said, she dropped some Denzel on you. She hit me with the Denzel heart. She was like, oh, yeah, you're the dad. I was like, yeah, I'm the dad. Why would I be here? She's like, no, no, no. We have fathers and we have dads. And I can tell you're a dad. Waterfalls. I just pouring all everywhere. <laughs> Look at you. It's changed yeah. already by his third child. It's awesome. We're all uh, obviously thrilled for you. Crowder and his wife, by the way, they're registered at buybuybaby.com. It's B-U-I-B-U-I-Baby.com. I did a little shopping on there last night. I went, uh, I, I got you some stuff on the registry, but then I went off the registry and I got little Chaz some uh, Michael Jordan stuff, some Jordan socks, a Jordan two-piece. I, I couldn't help myself. I had to I had to go off the board a little bit there. Anybody that wants to uh, help them celebrate the birth of Chaz, buybuybaby.com is the registry. Just search up Channing Crowder. Hey, Asia Crowder, Crowder. A- after my son was born, you you brought me a pack-and-play and a jumper. It, it, can I? Do you want those back, and, and can that be my gift if I just give those back to you? No, no. I know it sounds funny, but big homie if he's not using them i would gladly take them back because i didn't yes. plan on having a kid when you yeah, had Luther, I, I didn't plan on, 
having anybody. No, no, and we're both fiscally responsible. So think about it. now. That's three. That's three babies that have taken advantage of this pack and play in this damn jumper, man. I, I will, man. Bring it, bring it back, or I'll meet you somewhere, bro. Because I'll for sure take it back. Love it. You, you want the uh, black and white TV I used to watch when David was born, or is that uh, too long ago? Yeah, I'll pick it somewhere. up later. I'm going to go out the registry, too. For Lil Chaz, I'm going to get him a Zion Williamson jersey because I know Crowder loves Zion Williamson as much as I do. And for Crowder, I'm going to get him some funky Buddha. He and I are going to have a good time and not worry about Lil Chaz for a while. That is the ultimate highlight and crowd pleaser. But in case you missed anything this week on the Hawk and Crowder show, let's do it. Hawkman highlights, Crowder crowd pleasers. Hawkman Highlights. Highlights. Crowder. Crowder. Crowd Pleasers. Crowd Pleasers. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, if you're listening to this show and you don't have a bottle of Fabuloso somewhere in one of your cabinets, oh, we don't need you. Spill it on my hands on purpose. I fill my pool with it. Yeah, we're done. I'm getting everything cut off. I'm getting, I'm just having, I'm going to have one hole. Now that's a crowd pleaser. Hey, Lori, fire up a pot of Fabuloso. I said the Fabuloso. Highlight. I got what you call a two-pot. I got a two-pot. I got the two boobs. Do you have a bottle of Fabuloso, uh, Dono? No, I don't have a bottle. No? What? I don't. I don't. What? Are you kidding me? What? You can't be real right now. I, I, I'm serious. Is it like specialized for tile? Like what? What? What countertops? Like what you do don't you even know what Fabuloso is. Oh my no, god! No, I know it's. I know it's in the cleaning. What room. is? What is happening here? Ooh, qué rico! It's gonna be some heavy folks coming out of quarantine, boy. I'm wearing a bra right now. Like what? What, what does Fabuloso do? <laughs> How dare you? You had a Confederate flag at NASCAR races. And a cigarette at McDonald's. And you've filled out a life insurance form before a flight. Good old days. This is Bezo. This is Bezo. You know, I like my Drake, but I also like my oldies, baby. Oh, here it is. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. An endangered mongoose lemur. Lemur. Huh. I said the Huh. I feel like Sam Wheat in Ghost. Huh. I got the two boobs. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing a bra right now. I'm going to have one hole. Fabuloso! Good old days. Boobs. Huh. What is happening here? I'm please. That's going to about do it for the best of the Joe Show. If you want to download those Hawkman Highlights, Crowder Crowd Pleasers, this show, or any of the shows you hear on the radio station, wherever you get your podcasts, for absolutely free. You can also go to the radio.com app, go to our website, wqam.com. Got any questions because I talk too fast, or you just were preoccupied doing whatever you're doing? No problem. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Feel good Friday. Hope you feel good all weekend. We'll be back Monday, 6 o'clock, for another edition of the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.